Hello, and welcome to the Penn State Pre-Health Podcast, the show to help all pre-health students on their journey to acceptance. Our goal is to share information our students need to succeed, connect them with resources, answer questions, and make the stressful process just a little easier. Our episodes will vary in length from a little over five minutes to around an hour. Tune in to our shorts on your walk between classes, and when you have more time, you can enjoy one of our longer episodes. Welcome everybody. This is Kimberly Johnson. I am one of your pre-health advisors here at the um, Penn State Pre-Health Advising Office. Um, Just to be clear, we're housed within the Science Advising Center um, in the Eberly College of Science here at University Park. Um, We're located here uh, in State College, but really quite honestly, we serve absolutely everybody affiliated with Penn State in any way. So um, you might be a current student at one of um, the campuses. Uh, You might be sitting in lecture right across the way in Thomas, or you might have graduated five years ago. It doesn't matter. We're here to serve you. We want to help you um, reach that goal of medical school, dental school, PA school, optometry, whatever it might be. So a little more about what we do day to day. Primarily, we are advisors, so we do one-on-one advising. Uh, We talk to students all day long, pre-health students. um, They might be within the College of Science. Um, They might be in another college here, or they could be alumni. So they could be over in um, HHD. They could be biobehavioral health majors, kinesiology majors. Um, We've even had some students coming in from the arts recently. So we really get such a wonderful variety of people that we talk to every day. We also do group advising, which is our way of sort of spreading our message to a wider audience. So um, during the noon hour and in the evenings, we try to bring you topics uh, that we find important to preparing yourself to be a strong candidate to health professional school in the future. Some of those topics might be um, the anatomy of an applicant. So what is it that you can be doing in your first year or two years of undergraduate work um, to prepare yourself for that wonderful candidacy in the future? What is it that you might want to be focusing in in the later stages? So have you found a wonderful mentor, someone to write a letter of recommendation for you? Or have you started drafting out those initial ideas of that wonderful personal statement that you're going to use? Speaking of which, we do um, offer some personal statement editing and reviewing, so keep that in mind for the future. We also have a Canvas course that we maintain. This is where we have recordings of all of our group advising sessions and any associated resources that you might want to refer back to in your own time. We also have a portfolio there where you can begin drafting out what your application materials might look like in the future, so you don't have to take that one approach to your application right when it opens. You can spend nine months, you can spend a year, you can spend multiple years drafting out what that work and activity section is going to look like. Thinking about what the core um, idea of your personal statement is going to be. All of those things are things that can happen in bits and pieces along the way so that when the application opens for you, you feel really confident that you're bringing your very best to the table. 
We also work to maintain strong relationships uh, with our professional organizations and with schools in the area that we know that our, that our students are going to want to apply to. Um, and now we're working on a podcast. We want to find new ways of bringing you these helpful um, bits of information, tips for success, and helping you feel in the loop um, in what can sometimes be a very complicated and drawn out process. So a little more about myself. Um, I have a background in oral history, actually, so it's kind of fun to be applying some of that to our podcasting now. Um, I have a degree, my undergraduate degree is in history and German. Um, I went on and got my master's degree in oral history. And then um, through some strange twist of fate, I found myself working at a medical school. And I worked at a medical school for seven years in various positions. But for the most part, I was working with students um, in their clinical year, going through all of their rotations, getting their feet wet for the first time in real clinical care where they actually felt like they were really doing something, getting a sense of all the different specialties and really honing in on what their future might look like. And very specifically within that, I helped coordinate the primary care clerkship and it has given me particular appreciation for um, the specialty that sort of ties everything together. In my personal life, I am a doula. So that is my effort to sort of bring a little more equality um, to healthcare and to bring a little more normalcy to how um, we treat pregnant people and um, the births of their babies. And I think I think that's the big stuff. Should I hand it over to you, John? Sure. So uh, Kimberly and I are your two primary hosts. Every week we'll bring some new folks in who might have some specialties. Uh, we will invite some of our colleagues in the advising center in uh, who might have a particular expertise in an area. But every week you can expect to hear from one or both of us. Uh, so a little bit about me and my background. Uh, I started working for Penn State uh, wow, about nine years ago. So it's been a while. Uh, I started my career in residence life. So as opposed to helping prepare students for that next phase, my career really started in welcoming students to campus and also developing leaders. So where, you know, Kimberly's background is really wonderful in that she kind of has a good sense of where we want to get students to. I have a good sense of where students have come from. And so I, I like sort of how we approach our work because we sort of like to meet in the middle, which is, which is pretty fun. Uh, my master's degree is in higher education administration. So I have a background in student development theory and what makes colleges work. Uh, my undergrad is in marketing. And most people are like, well, how do you use that? And I explain that, you know, when you distill marketing down to its core theory, it's how do you find out what people want and how do you get it to them? So I use that all the time in working with students. You know, what do schools want and how do students provide that to them through their experiences and through their applications? So I think that my background, although it seems pretty weird, is like a really cool fit. And that's what I really like about our office. I think we all have these unique, diverse skills that we bring together 
and put together some really great ways to serve our students. Uh, in my personal life, I'm recently married, which is pretty exciting. That happened over the summer. And with that, uh, I also have two stepchildren now, uh, which has been a very delightful addition to my life. Um, and it also came with a very large dog, which uh, he's very cute. But my little dog and I are very, <laughs> we're learning to love big. So um, let's, we wanted to take today's episode to talk about why we chose to do a podcast of all things because it seems a little it might not seem like it makes complete sense I think to people that don't know what we do what do you think I mean it does seem like it's a little bit else outside of the scope of what advisors do on mm -hmm. a daily basis but yeah. We're always looking for the best ways to get you the information that you need to be successful. And we want to think about how you're using technology, how you're interacting with our offices, um, yeah. and and try to make tailor the experience to best fit your needs. Yeah. We, we know that we have a lot of first-gen students that work with our office, and y'all are busy. Often you are working, you know, way more hours than I would have ever dreamed was possible to be able to make ends meet. And we needed to be able to provide resources that anybody could access. We are having more and more students who are utilizing our services from the campuses across our Commonwealth. And this felt like the right next step to be able to provide resources to as many students in a way that was accessible to them when they had the time and availability. Uh, so that's sort of, I think, why we started this. Also, I can't speak for Kimberly, but I love podcasts. I love listening to people talk and talk. Uh, so, you know, today's a little bit of a longer episode because we really want you to get a sense of what you can expect and, and why we're doing this at all. And sort of on that note, let's talk about what we're hoping to talk about <laughs> through this podcast. So this is essentially like a more personalized um, FAQ list, right? Yeah. We're taking the FAQs off of the website. Nobody clicks there anymore. It's <laughs> not personalized in any way. It's not interesting or engaging. And instead, we're bringing some of those big topics like how do I request a letter of recommendation? Mm -hmm. Or how do I make a school list? Um we're going to turn these into episodes that you can listen to maybe on your walk between classes or um, like I always do on a longer car ride um, to keep yourself entertained. Yeah. Um, and also learn a little bit about the process along the way because this is super involved. This is yeah. um, not just making a resume <laughs> and sending out some cover letters, right? This is a really long multi-year process with so many different layers to it. Yeah, and all of you are at different parts in this process, and we don't want to pretend that there's, like, one way to receive this information. So a lot of these topics, like personal statements, letters of recommendation, they're going to get built up, built, not built up, broken down into smaller bits and episodes that focus on different aspects of that particular concept because some of you might not need the full overview. You might just need 
one aspect of what we're going to talk about. So it also gives you more freedom to really just focus on the areas that you need information and support. Uh, you know, Kimberly and I started to sort of just brainstorm episodes and we came up with a list of over 50 topics very quickly. <laughs> so we we want to be able to put out certain topics at the time of year that we want students to be thinking about them. So, you know, for the next few episodes, we're going to be focusing on sort of the basic building blocks of the applications, your letters of recommendation, personal statement, and starting to craft that application because it's a lot. And we want our students to start working on these things now so that they don't feel so overwhelming. Nothing is more frustrating to me than having a student that is quitting before they've even started because it just feels like too much. So it's fall right now. Yeah. And typically, a lot of the applications open up in the late spring. Yeah. Early summer. Mm -hmm. So this is absolutely the time when you're starting to think more seriously about what that final application is actually going to look like. You're going to give your professors a heads up that you might need that letter of recommendation in a couple of months. You're going to start drafting out some of those core ideas of what your personal statement is. You might sit down and list out all of the activities that you've been a part of and start taking a look at that and say, thinking to yourself, okay, how have I prepared myself? When I put that in front of the admissions committee, which I like to describe as your future bosses, <laughs> am I comfortable with what's here? Mm -hmm. Do I talk about it in a way that I feel really represents who I want to become? Or is there more work to be done? Because if there's more work to be done, we need to think about what can we do between now and the summer that can maybe pull these things together so it's a little more cohesive or maybe let's just press pause for a second and look at what greater, more long-term opportunities are out there that I could spend my time on over the next year or two years that's really going to blow that admissions committee out of the water when I finally put those things in front of them. Yeah, we know statistically students are most successful in their first application attempt. We want students to feel ready, confident, empowered on that first attempt. So part of this podcast is really helping students to feel that confidence and feel like they're ready to go. This is not an easy process. My goodness, it is hard for everybody. Even those students that you think are the most prepared have the same worries and concerns. So... We're, along the way, we're going to be helping to dispel some rumors and myths, provide you the best possible information that we can so that when you approach this topic for yourself, you feel ready and confident because it, it's hard and we just want to make it a little bit easier. Yeah. Take uh, your time getting there, right? Yeah. There's no the rush. the very best. Yeah. There's no rush. Yeah. There's and, no rush. John, <laughs> we're sort of at a similar place in life. Mm -hmm. We're not so far removed from that feeling of needing to rush, rush, rush to mm -hmm. get to that, what we think is the end destination. Yeah. And that end destination, getting into medical school, getting mm -hmm. into dental school, PA school, whatever it might be. Honestly, that's just the start. Yeah. And it, there's no 
I think I a lot of my students are so afraid that if they don't start just right now, that it's never going to happen for them. And I love bringing up this statistic every time I can. The oldest student who started medical school this past fall was 57 years old. 57. They've had an entire career already, and this was the right time for them. So I'm pretty excited to like break down these barriers of when and how because those the limits did not exist. As the great Katie Heron from the epic movie Mean Girls once said, the limit does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> and it shouldn't for you either. Yeah, and let me just throw in there just to add another layer to this, another perspective. Working in a medical school, you know, there were students who were still in their teens or 20 when they started. Um, and then I also had students starting medical school who were 35. Maybe they'd started an NGO on the other side of the world or, mm -hmm. um, you know, had a Broadway career or an opera career before they came to us. There are so many different routes that you can take into medicine, into dentistry, PA school, optometry, whatever it might be. Um, and honestly, all of that just makes you a more interesting, approachable person, someone who can identify with a, a greater variety of patients. Um, most of your patients walking into the room are not going to be scientists. They're not going to be 23 years old. <laughs> and what have you done in your life to put them at ease, to make them to make them comfortable, to make them understood, feel understood? That is, um, take your time getting there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we talk to admissions folks all the time. And there's been this huge trend over the past. I mean, we've seen a big jump, jump just since 2012, but really this millennium, we're seeing a huge shift in who goes to medical school and when. We're seeing far more students take gap time. In 2012, I believe the number was about 60% of students who were admitted had taken at least one gap year. Last year, that number jumped up over 70%. And in talking with admissions officials, that's unlikely to change. You know, I think we're really seeing the evolution of what makes a good med school student and it's not the person that just sets fire to the rain from the second they step on campus it's those students who are interested in that slow burn the skills development and getting the time and perspective needed to make real change in this field because there's a lot that needs changing and you know i hope that we're helping prepare the students who are going to be part of that change oh absolutely yeah. I mean, from the perspective of a doula, I always say that my day job advising pre-health students is my sort of subversive activity. <laughs> I'm trying to change the way that we think about patient care by encouraging my students to get yeah. out there and to get this variety of experience mm -hmm. so that they can create this warmer, more welcoming environment for patients, a place where someone can open up about their health concerns, a place where they feel supported and part of the decision-making process. Yeah. Um, we, we sometimes underestimate what the patient can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see physicians out there who are willing to work a little more collaboratively with their patients. Mm -hmm. It doesn't undermine their expertise as a physician. Um, 
I think it results in patients who are more willing to work with the knowledge yeah. of the physician and get a care plan together that is going to fit their individual circumstances so much better. Yeah. In my personal life, I, I sit on a local nonprofit board. Uh, it's the Center Region Down Syndrome Society. So, uh, you know, I work with a lot of students and non-students and community members who have intellectual disabilities. And one of the common threads is a frustration with the healthcare professionals that they run into. You know, all of these 80 families that are in this region all sort of gravitate to the same two or three healthcare providers. And that's not just physicians. There's like one doctor, one dentist, one physical therapist that all of these families are using because they're the ones that took the time to really like work, find out how to work with these folks who just experience and interact with the world in a different way. So, you know, again, I, I hope I'm creating physicians and, and future healthcare professionals who are going to be those people for more populations because we fail a lot of people and in we the have US healthcare more, system. We have a more diverse population in this country than we ever have before. And so we need to be making more effort than we ever have before to create a diverse physician population. Yeah. Or at least a population that is aware and embracing and wants to put in the time and effort to listen. You know, we're not saying that we don't want any, you know, majority students to go into healthcare. We want you to be aware of the challenges that your patients face just getting in the door. It's not easy. Just as this isn't easy for you, this isn't easy for them. So I'm pretty excited about where we're going to go over however long we ride this train of this yeah. podcast. Uh, we've already talked to, you know, a medical school who we're going to do an interview with at some point, which is really exciting. Um, but if we are, you know, we're going to cover the topics that we routinely see, but we are also not um, full enough of ourselves to assume that we know everything that you would possibly want to know. So if you have something that you would like us to cover, please send us a message at prehealthadvising at psu.edu. We are more than happy to put the effort in to bring professionals from other more rarer specialties and health professions. You know, we do have students from a wide variety of disciplines and we want to provide service to all of you. You know, we stay up to date with the changes in the admissions process. So as those things occur, we may do special episodes that really break those updates apart. Uh, we are here to serve you. So the more you can tell us about what you're looking for, the better service we are going to be able to provide. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Penn State Pre-Health Podcast is a production of the Pre-Health Advising Office and the Eberly College of Science at Penn State University. It is produced, edited, and promoted by the Pre-Health Advising team. The views, opinions, and advice shared during this podcast are that of the hosts and any guests only and do not necessarily reflect the best advice for every student at every institution for every health profession. This is a nonprofit podcast made for the purpose of better serving pre-health students across the university system. Mm-hmm.